0: Welcome to First Reading, the Old Testament lectionary podcast for, well, everyone. I'm Rachel Wren.
1: And I'm Tim McNinch. Welcome back, everyone. We hope you've had a great week and are ready to dive into another fantastic Old Testament text. Jeremiah 23, 1-6 is one of the Old Testament lectionary readings assigned for July 18, 2021. By the way, the other one assigned... For that same date, is 2 Samuel 7, which is uh, the, the passage that we used for our very first pilot episode way back in, you know, the, the olden times.
0: Yeah, little baby podcaster.
1: Yes, yes. So if you're um, thinking of preaching on that text, go pick up that episode and, and give it a listen. But this week, uh, Rachel's getting us into Jeremiah 23, 1 to 6. Now, for some of you, uh, July 18th will be, you know, sort of smack dab in the dog days of summer. For others of you, you will already be school shopping and gearing up for the first day of school somewhere beginning in August, maybe even in person. Hmm. But wherever you're at, it's a perfect time to read the Hebrew Bible. Right, Rachel? It's always a perfect time to read the Hebrew Bible. Exactly. That's why we have a podcast. But more to the point, what'd you come up with for Jeremiah 23, Rachel?
0: Well, I wanted to start us off with a little Hebrew lesson. Uh, the, the first word of this pericope, and remember, folks, that's just a fancy word for Bible passage. The first word of this pericope is very similar to the one we talked about a couple of episodes ago. And I'm curious if any of our listeners remember what it was. The word from a couple of episodes ago was oi, and this one is hoi.
1: Oi. hoy. Oy, oy?
0: Yeah, exactly. Hoy, which sounds remarkably similar to oi is a word we talked about on May 30th episode. Now, I know you know what oi means, Tim.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It means oi. <laughs> <laughs> <It means laughs> or it means whoa.
0: Yes, exactly. And appropriately enough, so does hoy, Whoa, ah, alas, something like one of those. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. so there's your little two-cent Hebrew lesson for the day. If you want to lament in Hebrew, you can do it either with oi or with hoy.
1: Sounds good to me. <laughs> But this this text isn't exactly a lament, right?
0: No, you're right, Tim. It's actually what we would call something like an oracle, specifically an oracle of hoy or of woe. Mm. When God says that word hoy and follows it up in the prophets with, so thus says the Lord, it's sort of like God pulling off the divine gloves and saying, okay, enough of all of this. Hoy. Hoy. We see this also in in what's called the emphatic use of the second-person pronoun, atem, meaning you. Now, remember, if you will, way back to your Hebrew days, folks, Hebrew verbs carry the person to whom they are directed in the form of the word itself. Mm -hmm. So a separate pronoun like you, me, I, it, which is necessary in English, isn't Mm -hmm. necessary in Hebrew to understand what's going on in the sentence. So when an author does choose to throw that pronoun in there, it's usually for some kind of emphasis. And the NRSV translates this as, it is you. I like better something like, you yourselves have scattered my flock.
1: Yeah, it's, it's definitely a distinct pointing of the divine finger. Mm-hmm. So um, who exactly is God calling out here for scattering the sheep in Jeremiah 23?
0: Okay, so the people at whom God is directing this hoy, are the ones called the shepherds. They're the leaders of the Judahite people, the king, the nobles, the priests, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But they're shepherds who are doing a pretty crappy job. They're (laughs) scattering instead of shepherding, which is pretty much the opposite of what you'd like a shepherd to do, right? Right, right. (laughs) And that word here for scatter in Hebrew, which comes from the the Hebrew root futz, William Holliday notes, this word doesn't just have the sense of runoff, But a sense of abandon and leave for dead. The shepherds aren't just irresponsible, they're homicidal. Sheepicidal? Sheepicidal. I don't know. I'm sorry. You were backing
1: up to the out of the metaphor. Okay, homicidal works.
0: No, no, I'm going to go with it. They're sheepicidal. And the whole thrust of the passage is that God is fed up with these wannabe shepherds. God is rolling up the divine sleeves, going back to herd in all of the wayward sheep who've been left for dead, and appoint over them a new shepherd who will rule over them with protection and righteousness. Literally, the name of this ruler will be, according to this text, Adonai Tzidkenu, or God is our righteousness.
1: I thought you were going to say his name is Jesus.
0: Yeah, right, exactly. I mean, it's easy to see what the connecting point was for the revised common lectionary folks. In Mark 6, the gospel lesson assigned for today, the crowd is described as a sheep without a shepherd. So this text from Jeremiah has been plucked out of its context and set in here to point a big fat finger towards Jesus. Mm. It makes sense, but it's kind of too bad. Because this text can do so much more than just point to a quality of Jesus as a good shepherd. What it can do is point us towards the people that Jesus wants us also to shepherd. So for those of you who are preacher listeners, if you use this text for the week, throw in the last two verses that round out the pericope, verses 7 through 8. The NRSV translates them this way. Therefore, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when it shall no longer be said, as the Lord lives, who brought the people of Israel up out of the land of Egypt, but as the Lord lives, who brought out and led the offspring of the house of Israel out of the land of the north and out of all the lands where he had driven them, then they shall live in their own land. Now. A quick preaching pitfall, including these two texts, there could be Zionistic tendencies in this final line, right? Then they shall live in their own land. That could be heard today as some sort of affirmation of pushing the modern-day Palestinians out of what is now considered modern Israeli territory or contested territory. But just hear the text as it was then. Jeremiah is speaking this as the terrified Judahites were being herded out of their homes and scattered abroad. They were at the mercy of their conquerors. They fled from hearth and home into unknown territories. They were refugees. This is a text about refugees. And I know I've taken a long time to get to the preaching point for today, but that's really where I ended up falling with this text. The people of Judah are spread abroad, yes, because of the apostasy of their leaders, according to the Bible. But even as God allows it to happen, there's a promise of, re- of return. There's a hope for the future. Spending time with refugees, with those who are victims of war and displacement, it changes your perspective, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I got a chance to teach various refugee folks when I lived in Egypt for two months during seminary. The two I remember most were two sisters. They were 17 and 18. They'd fled from Somalia, and more specifically, their family had sent them away from Somalia, and then they'd stayed behind. These two sisters were alone. They were strong, sweet, inquisitive, and hopeful. And when I left to come back to my home, they stayed, strangers in a strange land, just barely out of childhood. And I can't tell you how many times I've wondered through the years what happened to them, if they were ever reunited with their family, if they ever got to go home.
1: Hmm. Bring me into the where the refugee thing kind of really brings out what's going on in Jeremiah 23.
0: Yeah, so I actually, um, ironically enough, am doing that by linking the Jeremiah 23 text and the Mark 6 text. Mm. So placing the text here in the lectionary wants to talk about Jesus as our shepherd, as the righteousness of God who lives and breathes that righteousness. So if we do take this passage to be in some way telling us something about Jesus, then he is also the one who brings the scattered home and who calls us into a similar undertaking, the way he sends out the disciples in Mark 6. So I could see a sermon that might ask, who are the refugees in your community? How might we help them? How might we be called to bring them home, even if their home is no longer accessible to them? What does it mean for us to live under the wing of the righteous one of God to be neighbors, to the refugees, wherever you are.
1: Mm. Yeah, that, that's actually quite insightful, Rachel. I think that not only does this Jeremiah text in, from a Christian perspective point to Jesus, but if you sit with it a bit and you read beyond the lectionary a little bit, <laughs> you, you get a sense of not just that Jesus is a good leader, you know, yeah. like the good shepherd, a good leader, but what is the, the character of this leader? What is does this shepherd care about? And Mm. the if we spend some time in this Jeremiah passage, it like you say, it kind of opens that up by talking about the way that this shepherd um, reaches out to those who are displaced, and Mm. brings them into a home. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that's the kind of if we're reading this through a Christian lens, that's the kind of leader, the kind of shepherd that Jesus is, he's the one that looks out, not just to um, impose structure and order, that kind of leadership, but is mm-hmm. the kind of leader who goes after lost sheep. We get that in the other gospels too, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then if we take it in the rest of the Mark 6 passage as well, that's then the business that Jesus calls us into as well. So, mm-hmm. So this Jeremiah 23 text, as it's placed here in the lectionary, not only tells us something about who Jesus is, but tells us about some of the things Jesus wants us to be about as well
1: right right because jesus was raising up a community Mm -hmm. that embodies the the mission of god that jesus himself had
0: yeah exactly
1: well great um i think that actually is um opening up a quite an insightful angle into this passage that i think preachers could take and run with
0: Mm, cool thanks
1: All right, well, um, I think that's a good point to wrap us up for this week. And as usual, we wanna make sure that you know where to find us. Our website is firstreadingpodcast.com, but we're also on Facebook, so find us there. Share these episodes with your friends, um, whether they are fellow preachers or just people that want a little deeper insight into some of the types of things that we talk about here on the podcast. Well, we look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, I'm Tim McNinch.
0: And I'm Rachel Wren. Happy preaching.